Hi, my name is Kate Santangelo. Welcome to the Monmouth Moms podcast, part of the Monmouth Moms Network. Listen in as we bring awareness to the best local resources for growing families in Monmouth County, New Jersey, chat with local moms and mompreneurs, highlight our favorite resources, local spots, restaurants, and more. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Mammoth Moms podcast. We are here at the tail end of January. January is a long month. It it flew by for me. I think I talked about this last week a little bit, but at the same time, it does feel like you pack a lot in. It's like a long month, and you know you're getting back into the groove of things. You have goals and resolutions, whether or not you've let them go by now. I think I'm kind of halfway. I'm like, let some go and some that are like, mm-hmm. are sticking to it. So, um, but exciting things ahead. Um, we're looking towards spring, summer, um, planning lots of events here at the Mammoth Moms and also um, working on getting our summer camp guide out, getting our um, spring fun guide out, working on a couple events we have this spring. So lots of things in motion, really exciting, um, exciting time in uh, in 2024 now. Um, and today we have the folks here from Spark Day Camp. We have Joe Smith and Craig Doyle. Thank you so much for joining. Sure. Um, it's our second time on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You were here last year, um, and I thought it was a good time, especially as moms really kind of continue to plan, I think, that much further ahead. I think we talked about this last time, too. When I first started Mammoth Moms, we really used to put our camp guide out in, like, March. Um, I think it was March, like, even the end of March, and it almost felt like a little... Not offensive, but just like it was it was okay, like let's not slam, you know, this down your throats. Now parents are asking about summer camp in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think COVID kind of had something to do with that where it shifted and moms are just like that they just plan that much further ahead and also camps fill up, right? Um, so you are in the midst of, you know, trying to figure out maybe you have a child who is, uh, you know, in a different age group now and you're, you're looking to um, sign them up for, for summer camp. You're not sure which one. It's a big decision, right? You know, you, you trust the school that they go to. You, you really like their school, but you don't know where to send them for camp. You don't want them to be miserable at camp all summer, right? And you also have to be, you know, cognizant of what it offers, right? And what your, where your money's going because it's also, an, you know, an investment in your, mm-hmm. in your child. So. Um, so we are going to break down uh, some questions that you should be asking and keeping in mind as you're going on camp tours, as you're researching camps in the area. Um, first and foremost, let's tell tell me a little bit about, uh, for those that don't know, where Spark Day Camp is um, and, um, and what the history is of uh, your camp. So Spark Day Camp's located at the Middletown Sports Complex. And everybody always asks, oh, is that the place with the ice rinks? Yeah. So, yes, uh, we have the best air conditioning every summer. But um, Spark started literally just over three and a half years ago as an idea, as a concept. And I don't remember whose bright idea it was to start a day camp in the middle of a pandemic. But um, (laughs) we did. And it was just about getting the name out. and, And Spark had about 50 campers a day for eight weeks and then um, it was very small, intimate. It was it was great. It was a great start. Mm-hmm. Um, the following summer in 2022, we had over 300 registered and last summer we had over 400. So where Spark is today, numerically in terms of registration, and this isn't the end all be all for us by any means, we weren't at these numbers until the end of May last year. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that speaks to, uh, and I don't want it to be a commercial for Spark because I'm just generally interested, we're generally interested in what parents should look for in a camp. Yeah. But um, I always chalk it up to the experience that our staff provides. Yeah. And how picky and choosy we are at who that staff ultimately is. Yeah. And also just the programs that you offer, the activities that are, are given to the kids, we, you know, and um, uh, you know, like you said, this isn't an ad for, for Spark Day Camp, but um, we were just chatting before. And I remember when Spark started and I also, you know, I'm aware of all the resources and the programs that are available to parents in Monmouth County. I've been doing this for a little over six years now. And I see the positive feedback in parent, um, you know, Facebook groups mm -hmm. and um, the genuine, you know, appreciation for the camp. Um, and also, I will say, too, Middletown Sports Complex has come a long way. Um, it needed a lot of renovations. And it, I think I went like maybe four years ago, I want to mm -hmm. say. And it's I, I went or this within the past six months, I think, to drop off some or pick up pamphlets for right, the event. Right. And um, it's gorgeous inside. And the, the pools are beautiful now. And like, you've, it's really like, you know, a, a great you've done a great job. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what um, what can parents, you know, initially, what should they be looking for in terms of, um, you know, experience of camp directors? So should they be asking questions about accreditations or any type of certifications? Yeah, I, it's, it's a strange concept in terms of accreditation because if you ask the layman, well, what is ACA, the American Camp Association? Mm -hmm. They're not going to know that. And as a parent, when my child was going to camp, I didn't necessarily know about that. Um, having grown up at a camp for underprivileged children, being ACA accredited was not number one on their list, mm -hmm. right? Um, but ACA accredited, the binder is about six, six inches thick, and it speaks to everything that you could possibly do at a camp from having an equestrian program and what safeguards you need to have in place there to your kitchen if you serve food, right? Um, how your creative arts program should be and all the signage you need at your pool. So it is all about the safety of your campers and staff. So if a camp is going to ultimately join ACA mm -hmm. and then ultimately try to get ACA accredited, which is filling out that entire binder and they're called, um, I, I can't remember what the standards, okay. right? And then you get inspected by other camp directors and you pass that inspection. It means a lot. And it, it means more than just putting ACA's logo now, which you're allowed to do on anything that you print or put online. But parents should look for and only send their children to ACA accredited camps. Oh, interesting. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Um, so uh, how do you how do you recruit your staff to make sure that they, you know, do they have to be ACA or that you put them through the certification? How does that work? Do you want to speak to staffing? Sure. Staffing comes from local colleges. Uh, we have a high retention rate also every okay. season since they started. We started in 2021 mm -hmm. and they, they just keep on wanting to come back. Uh, they are college age and older, so they are more experienced uh, in what they would like to do, education, and <laughs> we have to, yeah. uh, you know, more experience with our, our campers. We okay. have division heads who lead their kind of 
group of counselors mm -hmm. and they are those school teachers or educate educators that do this year round. Got it. Okay. And then you have those, you know, the, the campers are with those counselors uh, consistently that the same counselor for the full time that they're there. So they build that bond. They have that, you know, experience with them. I think that's that's kind of important to note that, you know, there's there are kids that are in high school that are responsible and very um, you know, are obviously a tremendous help and love children, but also kind of that age difference between, you know, college and high school is, you know, th that's what parents want to mm -hmm. see too, just like a little bit more maturity and just, you know, that um, that age group I think makes a big difference when you're dropping yeah. your kids off for, for camp. It's, it's interesting in that we generally do not hire anyone unless they're at least a high school senior, mm -hmm. right? We and, and we're looking for high school seniors that kind of have formulated the direction that they want to go in in their next step. Right. Right. I, I'm thinking of going to college. I'm thinking of going away. And um, yet we can be at camper fairs and be in between two other camps and they're interviewing right then and there and hiring freshmen, sophomores, juniors. And I know when I was 14, that I should not have been responsible totally. for other people's children. <laughs> yeah. um, and then having grown up at camps and looking at who my counselors were mm -hmm. way back when, um, it has always stuck with me that we should be looking for college age students recently graduating and professionals in their field. Right. right? That's what parents should hear from a camp. Right. Right. Directors should be able to look a, a family in the eye and say, Whatever little Craig might need or little Kate might need during the day, our staff is mature and experienced enough to provide it. Right. Right. Interesting. Let's talk about um, the size of camper groups. It did come up that you are um, you've grown each year, right? Mm -hmm. Which is good, but also might be something that is you know, kind of noted for a parent, like, okay, well, you're growing, like, you know, are you just taking any amount of campers just to, to fill up the camp? Um, and I know that's not the case, but no. um, but let's talk about the size of camp groups. Obviously, that's an important question for daycares, right? When you're, the kids are little, that you have to have a certain ratio and um, you want to make sure that you're not just throwing your kids into a camp of, of you know, 40, 50 kids and, you know, to one person. <laughs> um, and, um, and, you know, and what does that look like and what should parents, what's, you know, what's size is appropriate mm -hmm. uh, for, for groups? Uh, I think state says that we can go one to 10. Yeah, two to 20 for two a group. Two to 20? Right. Okay. We're about one to four. Wow. Um, that's so that's like the standards for daycare in like the newborn room. I think it's one to four. So that's incredible. We Yeah, we have about 12 campers in a group with about three counselors. Um, wow. And that we do like to keep those ratios small, you know, to keep that benefit of the program and keep that going and those campers get the best experience for the season and their needs are all met. So what, what is there different? Um, is there like a like one camp group has maybe like a senior director and then each like a helper kind of? Yeah. Or? So there's as we go through, um, at least for us, we have about 40 hours of training and orientation before campers set foot mm -hmm. right for the summer. During that time, we're determining, even though we always ask, what is your age preference to work with from a potential staff person, determining what age group they really should be with and um, who their co-counselor should be. Okay. And yeah, it's, it's, it's great to put somebody who's been with you for three or four years with somebody who this is their first summer, mm -hmm. right, um, at a camp. Um, that, that could work 
one of two ways. And usually for us, it does work out well because we've been very fortunate with the staff that we have. Mm. But you you started it with a, another question, and I want to address that. Without a doubt, there are camps that have room for 500, and they're going to try to get to 1,000, right? And it's great, and you may be able to fit that 1,000 when it's 85 and sunny. Mm -hmm. But what are you doing with all of them when it rains? Do you have the indoor facilities to keep programming going, right? Right to transition from one activity to the other, or are we just sitting indoors and waiting for the rain to stop, Yeah, right? So I will tell you that philosophically, you should never want to dilute your program. It should never stop. And we do get asked this on tour, do I have to come and pick my child up if it's starting to rain? Um, and at the end of the day, you know, right? Like camp is still going on. Creative arts is indoors. Performing arts is indoors. Woodshop, you know, all of those things, which you can also do outside, mm -hmm. right? But the program has to keep going. And if you ultimately determine, and it can be determined for you by the local, local municipality, that your program should only have, just to use round numbers, 500 campers. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't try to get to 501 for any particular day or week. Right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you said that because when my son was growing up, he always went to like rec camp. Mm -hmm. And it was it was a great program for him at the time. I was like a young single mom, so it was affordable. And it was nine to three, which at the time for the price, I think it was it was a great program. But if it rained, right. I had to go pick him up. Right. And I was always like I'm like kind of just waiting like I'm pins and needles all at, at work, not only having to scramble because normally I couldn't get off of three. Mm -hmm. I was off at five. So it was always like, can you pick him up? Can you pick him up? But on top of that, if it rained, like I'd have to go get them at noon or whatever. So, um, and especially if it was like, if, if there was thunder and uh, lightning, then it was like, that was it. It was done. done for the day. So, and you're checking the forecast the night before. Totally. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was, those are not fun days. <laughs> um, so, who leads? Did the campers, um, the directors in each group lead the activities or do mm -hmm. they go to um, who, who? How does that work? So, Craig is right in terms of our ratios, but mm -hmm. we try throughout the the day to increase them, right? So if every, let's say, third and fourth grade boy and girl has at least two counselors in their group, they also have the division head, who for us is generally a teacher, mm -hmm. who is working with parents September through June, and this is what they want to do July and August. Okay. And so, and they're rotating to their groups, increasing that ratio. We've philosophically thought that it's best to not rely so to speak, on the talent of your counselors to run an activity, right? Because your counselors may be amazing athletes. They may be extremely artistic. And if you send them to soccer or you send them to creative arts, you're kind of lessening the experience for the campers if that's not in the wheelhouse of your staff. Right. So 90% of, at least for us, I can't speak for others, of the activities that our kids go to, an adult is waiting for them to run that activity. And this is part of the expertise of that adult. Right. Well, right? that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Everyone's not good at everything. So, right. And it's probably fun, too, for the kids to like look forward to, you know, they like their, their counselor, but at mm -hmm. the same time, you know, it's like, a new activity and someone else is running it and they're probably getting, you know, a lot out of that experience, right? Yeah, the projects turn out to be incredible. Right, right. right. Oh, that's great. Um, so ask for who's leading the activities, what mm -hmm. activities there are. Um, uh, let's talk about pools. Um, mm. you, you have a pool. Not all camps have pools. Right. Um, but 
are there studies about like, you know, sending kids to camp with a pool versus not? I, I know you have like the immense um, knowledge about his, you know, the studies about camps. So. Yeah. So I think it's a rite of passage. And it, like if, if we sat with, uh, if you had a focus group of parents, right? What are the staples activities that a camp should have? Mm-hmm. Swimming and creative arts would always come up. Right. Gaga would probably be tied for first. If, if, if you don't know what that is, it's it has nothing to thing, do with yeah. the singer. <laughs> it's actually been around for, for so long, but look up Gaga for camp oh. and they'll see it, right? But um, at the end of the day, millions of children have learned how to swim at camp, whether right. it's a rec program that's fortunate enough to have a pool, mm-hmm. right? Or a, a day camp or an overnight camp. Um, and, and then it's a matter of, okay, you have these pools, how do you staff them? Mm-hmm. Is your staff both in and out of the water? What if my child doesn't feel like going in that day? Do you, <laughs> I love this question. We get this all the time. Do you force campers to do any activity if they don't want to do it? Well, of course not, right? right? And, and then you have to be smart about the alternatives. But at the end of the day, um, if, if you have a pool and you can use it and you can teach people how to swim or teach them how to be stronger swimmers, mm-hmm. that's a home run for a camp. Totally. So there is strengthening um, lessons available. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Because, you know, um, my daughter's a strong swimmer, but I think you could always get better. You know, I well, probably... campers always think they can swim better than they can. Right. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that's interesting. Um, so you provide um, swim instruction. Um and is that included in the tuition? Yes. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a really good value. Love and they that. do. They get to swim twice a day. So the first part being a swim instruction, second half being that free swim, and just naturally being in the water, they get to, you know, they pick up their skills and their confidence. But that swim instruction definitely is, I think, a comfort for most parents uh, when they send their uh, children to a camp. with them. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about what you would need to bring to camp. Right. So um, uh, change of clothes. Um, I'm sure that like, I don't know. I'd be guilty of this, like forgetting to send in like another. I don't know. My, my daughter's usually pretty self-sufficient, but she's, you know, but she also like knows that like I'm do, always doing a million things. So, <laughs> she, so I'd be the one that's like dropping off sunscreen again because mm. I forgot to put it in. Um, do they need a change of clothes throughout the day? What do they need to come to camp with? Yeah, we I mean, for us, we always tell families if you forget anything. It's because of our swim program, it's always two bathing suits, two towels. And ultimately, the most important thing you can send in is a refillable water bottle. Right. Right. And, and you can leave everything else out. You guys are going to have like a, a stockpile of Stanleys in the in the lost and found this summer. Every year. <laughs> Every year. No, but this year, I think it's going to be like exhausting. Yeah. Every kid has the Stanleys. Yep. I have to get like a new, it's a side note, but my daughter, <laughs> like the Stan, she's nine and she wants the stand. So she got one for Christmas. It's so ridiculous. I'm like, why am I butt for Christmas? So then we, um, she had the straw one. Right. Mm -hmm. It spills. So her teacher says that she's not allowed to have the straw because it spills and they have Chromebooks. I'm like, I understand whatever. But I'm like, I just freaking spent, you know. So we got the one that's enclosed now. So now Mm -hmm. she has two Stanleys. It's like it's completely out of control. And she has one on display in her her room. (laughs) SNL just did a skit on Stanleys last Saturday. 
Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. And they said, and it doesn't leak. And she turned it over and all this water's coming out of it. I know. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's carrying around like a mini. It's so mm-hmm. heavy. It's very funny. Yeah. And you should see with the kids. They're all like walking in there. It's like they're, they're little. You know? Such it's, a status thing. <laughs> it's right. so funny. So um, I love it. So, yes, be prepared for that. Hmm. <laughs> um Transportation, that's a big one. Um, I always ask that in any of the camp guide participants for Mammoth Moms, um, especially, you know, just the convenience, right? Mm -hmm. And also for the parents that maybe the camps, you know, you see the value in the camp, but it's like, okay, well, I don't live anywhere near Middletown, right? Um, Right. So what does transportation look like? How far does it go? For us, we try to um, pick up probably no more than about 25 minutes away, give or take, right? and ours, it happens to be door to door, but I know, we know the convenience that that provides for families. The other part of it is, and this is always a question that I think families should ask, who else is on the bus? Mm-hmm. Is it just the driver? Do you have a bus counselor, right, that is on the bus and hopefully starting the camp day when my child is picked up and continuing it on the way home? It doesn't just end, right? Um, because no matter how professional or experienced your transportation company might be and their drivers, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be up to the driver to take care of the kids. Right. Let's get them to and from safely and have somebody else be there if you can as a camp. Um, and then it's always, do you have, if you have transportation, is it central pickup or is it door to door? And at the end of the day, it's, it's depending on where you are, might work better for you one way or the other. Mm -hmm. But um, if you're fortunate enough to be able to provide door-to-door, the the appreciation of that and, and also not having to pack lunch is amazing for families. You know, I mean, this is how we felt when my daughter was of camp age, right? If I didn't have to drive her, if she was going to get lunch and snack, it's a home run. Totally. So that was my next question, <laughs> which is um, about food and lunch and snack. Um, if it's provided, obviously, I'm, I'd assume that kids can bring their own if they want to. Sure. Um, and what does that look like? Yeah. Do you want to talk about lunch? Sure. Lunch. We, we do provide lunch. It's uh, you, so you get that main meal mm-hmm. of the day. But there are also those options because you do have, you know, sometimes picky eaters. Yep. And they can have, have their cho- <laughs> and they uh, can have that choice uh, at lunchtime. And with snacks, we, we provide snacks throughout the day. Parents are more than welcome to send in, you know, a snack. But who doesn't like that cold treat at the end of the day? Totally. Uh, every day. Um, I know. My daughter, this is also a very ridiculous um, ch- child story. Last week, we were in my pantry getting ready for school. And she says, I said, do you want goldfish? We have goldfish. And she said, no, I just buy that at school. <laughs> I said, oh, well, we pre-buy it here. From the machine? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so you're going to take ours and eat that there and not right. buy it. Like she buys like the bag, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause I guess it's like more fun, but you're saying like, you know, she would totally do something like that. Like, I'm not going to, I'll just get it. I can't. Is, this, is the school <laughs> nut free? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's great. And that's another question parents should ask of yeah. camps, right? Like yeah. my child has an allergy. Is it nut free? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's no, no, I, I've been, I think forever. I don't know. She loves peanut. I try to give her peanut butter on the weekends because actually mm-hmm. we had a, um, uh, allergist on the podcast a couple months ago and you can actually like develop an allergy to it 
because you're not around. Sure. Um, and he had a colleague. They went to um, Doctors Without Borders. They were in Africa. And, like, they went to, he went to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, not the allergist, but his a colleague. Right. And had went into anaphylactic shock, not knowing that he did, had a pillow. So, yeah. Wow. So crazy. Anyway. But, <laughs> but, but the other part of that is often as parents, we don't know what our kids are putting in their bags. Yes. Right. Oh, so okay. um, we've had campers show up with uh, peanut M&Ms, right? Not not for a commercial for M&M Mars, but um, <laughs> and and completely innocent, right? Because we provide snacks all day. This is just what the, the boys thought of and wanted and saw it before they left and grabbed it. And right. mom or dad didn't Probably know. Probably didn't see that. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So um, as camps, you, you do need to check that. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great to know, too. Um, I wouldn't even have thought of that. Like, kids, I think schools, you kind of just assume. But yeah, with the camps, that, that probably Well, it's the same thing question. as putting in something electronic in your bag. And often camps are free of electronics. Mm -hmm. Can I bring my, my, um, any kind of electronic game? My, what's it called? The new one, the switch, right? Oh yeah. The switch, switch. the yeah. switch, yeah. right. The and switch. I know I'm at, I'm so out of the electronics Me game, too. but we, you know, and a camp should tell you, we prefer to connect with our eyes up. Right. And at the end of the day, nobody wants to be looking for somebody's switch when they could be doing an yeah. activity. It's enough screen time but at home. <laughs> as a mom and dad, you don't know that that's coming to camp. Right, right. So. Makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. my son definitely would have pulled something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about security. Big one. Really mm. important. I don't think we covered this last time. No. Um, it's a sign of the times, unfortunately. Yeah. Right? And it often is a question on a tour. Mm -hmm. um, look, your, your camp, as much as it could be, should be the, perim the perimeter should be closed off. Right. Um, do they have a security officer or team or and what does that look like? Who are they made up of? OK. Right. Um, we're again, not a commercial, but we're fortunate enough that we have a retired NYPD policeman. Right. Awesome. Who is now the head security at for a school district. And he's with us July and August. Um, and all he does is kind of circulate. That our entire campus over and over and gets to know our schedule to where our campers will most likely be at any point of the day. Mm -hmm. But as soon as and we give everybody radios, as soon as the front desk says, hi, I have an adult walking in, um, I they just walk past me. They're on the way to the pool. Right. Um, where like a camp is reacting to that immediately. Mm -hmm. um, for, and, and it could be completely innocent. Hey, I'm here to just drop off Susie's towel. Right. But they just happen to walk past the desk because they think they know where they're going. Um, but security is not just even if you have a security person, mm -hmm. it's not just on that individual. Right. Like everyone has to hear that and react. Yeah. Um the, is a security system, like in terms of uh, like an electronic one, also necessary, you think? Today, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, I remember I had been working at a, a JCC years ago, and, um, you know, these, these horrific events started happening more often. Yeah. And we suddenly had people come in to train us how to, you know, shelter in place and which doors you should know to go to when this happens, which the intruder will not know about, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, if you can put in a camera system and it should go anywhere and everywhere, 
um, that's a home run. And we have people, again, fortunate for us that are looking over those cameras all the time. It's almost like being at a casino. Good. The um, I learned recently, I don't think it applies to camp, but maybe I'm wrong. The, um, there's actually a grant program through the state that um, you can uh, you can install um, a security system through for the schools and it's, you get the grant money from mm-hmm. the state. Um, and believe it or not, a lot of schools don't take advantage of it, which is interesting. So I think we're like working on helping to spread the word for that. Yeah, because, like I wonder if they even like, know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so talking about a security company who's going to come on and talk about that and how mm-hmm. they've worked with some districts because like you said there, there's so many things out there that you know it's just you don't you know you don't know what you don't know sure so, um so that's good to know and also really important to ask um what about first aid let's talk about first aid mm. kids getting hurt bee stings all kinds of fun stuff happening throughout the day doesn't happen at camp doesn't happen no. <laughs> do you want to talk about first aid and uh, counselors go through a 40-hour training in the beginning of the season. CPR, first aid, basic first aid is is always a part of that for every staff member that's in a group. Okay. We have EMTs that circulate the camp that are also counselors. So every part of camp is covered by an EMT for simple basic first aid needs, as well as a health director uh, and or nurse that is on site too. So wow. all first aid needs are met. Uh, as Joe mentioned, we do have that walkie-talkie, you know, communication system. So, you know, camper might, whether it's that psychological triage of just wanting a hug from the camp nurse mom mm-hmm. or, you know, that uh, bee sting, like you said, mm-hmm. that, you know, doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> all, uh, all needs are met first aid wise. Are you, are you allowed to, ha- do you have an EpiPen? Do, do you, are you allowed to administer it? That- it follows the camper gotcha. that needs it okay. throughout their day. Each of the groups should have, I guess, a to-go bag, uh-huh. right? And that bag should at minimum have a first aid kit and anything that any individual camper might need throughout their day, including the EpiPen. But if you have a camper that no, like you think is go, like going in anaphylactic shock because mm-hmm. of a bee sting, but the, didn't know that they would have that reaction, you're allowed to administer it? Sure. Oh, yes. interesting. Absolutely. Okay, hmm. um, okay. so uh, we covered that. What are, oh, this is interesting, bullying and harassment policies. Um, I would never think to ask that, but it's also, I mean, bullies are now like, what are they, internet trolls too. It's, it, it follows you home. Oh, and also let's talk about phones at camp. Are they right. allowed? No. So that's probably a big part of the bullying and harassment. Yeah, and, and it's weird because I've, I've been at a camp, an overnight camp, where during the school year, mm-hmm. one camper was basically setting the tone for the following summer with everyone who they knew would be in their group. Okay. Like, I'm going to run this group. None of you are going to, you know, whatever sh- they were saying. Um, in terms of the phones, we don't even have our staff carry their phones. Right, that's left in the car, left in the office. We are making announcement, I, and we tell them bring a watch. But we're going to announce when the activity's over and the next one is starting. Right, so they don't need that. So you communicate through walkie-talkie, two-way okay. radio. Got yep. It. Okay. The the other part of it is we, and I I think every camp should kind of look into this, and maybe you already have somebody on staff. But we, uh, our local school district, we uh, bring in the woman who handles that for the district. And she's part of our training and orientation, what to look for, what kind of bullying is out there, because there's more than one, how to act instead of react, mm-hmm. right? And look, it's it's camp, so 
we're not going to, and this is a philosophical thing for us, mm -hmm. right? We're not going to have campers put their hands on a wall, get in size order, and walk in a straight line. We're going to walk together, get there together, but our counselors start learning who they need to stand next to, who they need to stand in between, oh, right? interesting. Um, and once we learn that something is going on that has no place at camp, let alone the rest of society, right? Of course, we speak with that camper. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, our teachers speak with that camper. Mm -hmm. And if it requires a call home, okay. Mm -hmm. um, what works during the school year with that family and that particular child to prevent that? Okay. Right. And it's always an interesting question, at least for me, when a parent does ask, what's your bullying or harassment policy? And I always wonder, are you asking that because your child's been bullied or are you asking that because your child's been accused of bullying? Mm. Right. And if if it's the latter, then how can we help him or her yeah. to not do that? Right. 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 Because it's a, you know, positive environment and the experience, you know, also may, you know, kind of change the, the camper's perspective and, sure. and how they, you know, treat and approach, you know, groups, social groups, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And mm -hmm. so there's like a lot of underlying anxieties there to that. Um, is, oh, is your, so yeah, how does that work at the, um, and I guess this is a blanket question that parents could ask how, you know, is the facility open to the public? Um, and that also po could pose maybe some type of security risk. Different camps are mm -hmm. operated differently. But is Middletown Sports Complex is also a pool club, correct? The pool club during the week does not open until after four when the camp day is over. Uh, that never used to, like, this is new then. No. Okay. Yeah. Since Spark has been there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was one of the first things that we kind of put in place, right? In part because of these security reasons, right? You, um, the only, it's strange. I mean, Middletown Sports Complex is a huge hockey training facility, mm -hmm. first and foremost. Yep. And we're trying to kind of fit the round peg of a day camp into the square hole of a hockey training facility, mm -hmm. right? So the only other group that might be there when camp is in session is one of our own four day a week hockey camps right, for various age groups. And they're usually run by celebrity hockey coaches, people who played in the NHL or played overseas and so forth. And that's great. But if their day is five hours, four of those five hours are on the ice. Right. Um, and the, the, the other hour they're having lunch or they're playing some sort of game, not when or where spark campers are. And that that's fine. And we have some of our campers who will go to that one week hockey program and be with us for seven weeks. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's that's wonderful. There are tremendous advantages of being at a camp that is only a camp. Yeah. Right. And this doesn't even become a question. What becomes a question is how can people gain access into your grounds and your facilities if even if you are just a camp? OK. Right. Um, so for us, not having the public there, although there are things that they could do if we did, um, we just we just don't have it until after four on, during the week. And of course, the pool club is rocking and rolling on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. And there's also great. Well, this is a side note, but they offer great um, community you mm -hmm. know, um, programs and activities like the uh, the movies at night and all kinds yeah. of stuff you do all summer. So it's it's very family friendly there, mm -hmm. um, even, you know, outside of the camp. Yeah. Um, uh, should you be calling your child during camp to, um, to check on them? I, I'm going to say no. 
<laughs> I'm going to say bye. Well, that, that's, a, that's a busy mom, right? <laughs> um, it's interesting. We, we always uh, often come up with the, the terminology that the, the child is ready for prime time. Mom or dad may not be. Right. Um, and you, I, think, I think a camp should be able to take those calls and get it to the right person who can call back. I mean, look, we're outside playing with your kids all day. We, you know, for us, if you call the camp line and no one's in the office, it rings to our cell phones. We're going to get the call. Oh, okay. Right. Um, and I think other camps probably have that in place at this point as well. But um, we also have an office manager and she and our assistant director, Janice, doesn't let her out of the office um, because she's getting those calls and those emails. Hey, just checking in. How's Kate doing today? Yeah. So if they had been sick or, you know, just right. maybe or, had gone through something or not. Or, yeah, right? Right. Just, you know, she's new to camp. She's four. Right. Right. She's right. five. Um, and then it's 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 always a, it's a very quick message mm-hmm. to the division head mm-hmm. who might be standing right next to little Kate. Right. And then she will call home. Got it. Right. And and that's part of our thing. It may not be part of everybody's. Um, we touched on this last time, but I think it bears repeating um, statistics about uh, ca- summer camp. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a child's experience, uh, you know, the benefits of going to summer camp and also um you know, just the different activities and programs and, um, you know, resources that are available to them through camp that they, you know, obviously that, you know, you don't learn learn during the school year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's touch on that and what parents should be asking for and also, um, you know, some of the things that, that you offer at the camp. Do you want to hit on that? Uh, sure. No, I'll choose. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors? Uh, uh, socialization, mm-hmm. uh, friendships, independence, you know, kind of gaining all those the, those skills, uh, outdoor life skills, trying new things, you know, doing different things with your friends, you know, your groups that you are a part of or like that little brotherhood, that little sisterhood, like those those bonds that you make are extremely special. Um, unplugging, not having that cell phone, not being on those electronics and just kind of spending your day uh, being with and, and, and present is extremely beneficial of camp. Which, outside too, because kids yeah. don't go outside anymore, um, you know, more than ever. And I think that that is like really important to um, have kids experience because mm-hmm. they just, they don't go and play outside like we used to. I used to go play, we had a creek behind my house and I literally went to go play in the creek. There weren't a ton of kids on my block, right. like my siblings and I played, like we were always outside. I was on my bike. If I could go, you mm-hmm. know, to I was always asking what was the furthest street I could go to, right? And it's just not that way anymore. I think maybe depending on the development we live like on a busier road so like i would never let my daughter like did you catch a lot of frogs um no but like i would look for them i wasn't like really like like i wasn't like tomboyish where i was Mm -hmm. always getting dirty but i guess i was i mean i don't know i can't even picture my daughter going to play in a creek she'd be like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) um it's just a different way but i think that's that's like super important for for kids to go aside and also you know that socialization aspect of making new friends right that are not in your school Mm -hmm. um and like having the the confidence right to like talk to new kids especially in a 
in this day and age of constantly being on screens and like hiding behind social media accounts and stuff like that, that like you're, you are, you know, putting yourself in a, or putting the kids in, you know, in a situation where like they can be social and be comfortable right. um, in social settings, which is like a big problem also for, for our youth right now. Well, right? certainly post COVID, right? right. Um, but it's often a question that we get asked, can I request that my child be grouped with mm-hmm. whomever? Um, and camp should allow for that, right? Um, as long as they're, you know, for us, going into the same grade and so forth. Um, but we tell parents all the time, if, if your child starts with us on a Monday, by Wednesday, they've had 15 new friends. Your birthday list is going to blow up, <laughs> right? Especially if you're at a camp that has transportation because the kids are coming from all over. Right. Right. Um, and, and at the end of the day, anytime you survey families at the end of the summer, why did you choose to send your child to a camp? Mm-hmm. The first answer is always to make new friends. Right. So it's, it's a weird kind of dichotomy because some will ask, can my camper be with their friend? And by Wednesday, that's not who they may be hanging out with. That may be who they sit on the bus with. Mm-hmm. But it's a totally different game July and August than it is September through June. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love that. Um, we talked about swimming and uh, creative arts. What are some other programs that um, parents should be asking if that are offered? Um, maybe STEM. Uh, um, any other you know activities that you offer that are important to yeah. campers? I think, and and I know we did touch on this the other day, uh, the last time we were here. Camp for me and I think for all of us, should be kind of like those first two years of college, right? Where you are, if you don't know your major or what you want to ultimately focus on, you get a little piece of everything and the school hopes you choose something they have. Mm -hmm. I think that's how camp should be. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I know people that have gone on to be cooks and chefs who started out in the culinary activity at their camp? Mm -hmm. Of course, right? Uh, People who have gone on to be teachers because of their experience at camp. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, we're all trying to develop what we would term as more camp people, because for us, camp people look forward to giving back. Mm-hmm. So the activities, I think, need to reflect that. Um, we always try to introduce something new each summer. So for us last summer, and, and I mean, the photos and the videos underwater are priceless, but we introduced scuba diving, the intro to scuba really? diving. Yeah. That's cool. We brought in cool. the program from <laughs> Rutgers. Wow. Um, and there, she's amazing. We introduced our kids to fencing, right? Love that. We that's started like, that's at, like an old school camp thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. But we went to, um, and I'm going to plug them, Atlantic Fencing Academy. I think they're in Tinton Falls. Yeah. Right. Um, phenomenal program. You walk in there and their back wall is just college pennants of all the places their students have gotten scholarships to. Interesting. Um, and then they offer that through the Monmouth County Park System sometimes, oh, like maybe. classes yep. like for it, not like a camp itself, right. but like you can take or whatever. You see it sometimes. And you brought up STEAM. I mean, that's the biggest buzzword and has been over the last few years, right, for school and for camps. We partnered last year and we're hoping to do it this year as well with um, Voyager's mm-hmm. uh, community school, which is now in their new space at Fort Brookdale, or Brookdale right, right, Community right. College. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Like the, the, the educational environment that they create. We've had meetings there. No child has shoes on and they're building sustainable cities. That's not necessarily something you may find no. at a public regular school. Right. Um, and 
that just enhances our program. Our kids will probably be wearing shoes when they're working with Voyagers, but um, the 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 science, tech, engineering, art, and math that they're doing with our kids mm -hmm. is phenomenal. I, I love walking in there and and messing up on purpose so a camper can correct me. Oh, wow. right. <laughs> I love it's awesome. that. That's so cool. Um, we uh, what's a typical camp day schedule? Well, you are the program director. <laughs> <laughs> Campers will uh, swim twice. They will, you know, lunch in the middle, but we rotate about 50 minute periods and they do get to experience all activities of camp, whether it be woodshop, they try archery for the first time, or, you know, they're going to utilize our gym uh, set, dance, performing arts. And they can take um, ice. Uh Skating lessons Ice too, skating right? Is pretty. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the best part, the most fun part. Yeah. Um, oh well. Not cool for me. Part for me. Oh, I see what you did <laughs> yeah, there. See? We also talked about this last time. I said not for me because oh, no. Joe said I, I need to get lessons. It never <laughs> happened. I never went. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you come on over? I got to do it. I got to just be. And my daughter now also same thing. She she mm -hmm. won't. She fell a couple times and then like. But I, I need to like make the time to like mm -hmm. get get over the fear. We both need to go. We're gonna come. Yeah. Ultimately, <laughs> the, the biggest question is what separates your camp from any others that I might call or go to. Yes. Right. And that's, it, it could be a million different things, right? Sometimes it could just be that you have better food, right? right. But <laughs> and, and we've had people make decisions about that. But mm -hmm. um, the low-hanging fruit for us is, yeah, we have two full-size ice rinks and your children, your child will skate twice a week. Right. Great. Um, but we're not a hockey camp. We're not a skating camp. We're a traditional day camp that has some bells and whistles that are less traditional. The fact that your child will learn how to skate, which is different than learning how to swim, and we get that, but we look at skating the way we look at scheduling them for archery or creative arts or performing arts. For us, I, I really think it's the staffing. And because of the hockey program that we, and now I'm gonna sell Spark a little bit, mm -hmm. but because of the hockey program that we have, our players are recruited from all over the world. They're from every state, they're from Canada, Mexico, Russia, Ukraine, the whole deal. And they actually won the national championship two years ago. So, and it's unheard of for a team from this region to do that. But that said, we have to house those players. And we actually own two bed and breakfasts down in Ocean Grove. Oh. And that's where the hockey players stay. And then when their season is over, they move out. It enables us as a camp to bring in international staff. So we generally have between 24 and 30, mainly from the UK, internationals. So when that camper goes home and says, hello, mom, hello, dad, <laughs> and mom and dad are wondering where that came from, that's where that came from. Oh, wow. The, 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 it makes the world a bit smaller, mm -hmm. right? Um, the, the experience for our campers is priceless. The experience for our American staff, mm -hmm. invaluable. Because these guys, because of the sense of belonging that camp creates that you started touching on, Craig, they're going to invite each other to each other's weddings. Right. Right. And that's what camp is about. And you can speak to that, too. Didn't you say that your, your, still, your lifelong friends are from camp? From camp. Right. The people I talk to, the friends I talk to, well, less, it used to be every day. But Now you're busy running a camp. <laughs> right. Are, are from camp, right. not from college. They're the people that I went to camp with. Right who know things about me that I would never want to have get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where can everyone find Spark Day Camp? Um, when is what, what, When does it start? What day this year? June 24th, okay. and we go to August 16th. 
the only weekday that we're closed is July 4th. Mm -hmm. It's actually a Thursday this year. It's a weird week. Oh. Yeah, very strange. Um, and the other thing that camp, I, I think parents should ask is, when do you open registration? Right? Some camps don't open registration until February or March, right? They let that pressure build and they open the valve and there's a rush of people that come. Um, for us, we open registration literally a week or two after camp ends. We oh, allow okay. our current families to reserve their spots. Mm -hmm. And then we open it up to anyone and everyone a month later. What's the capacity there? For camp? Yeah. I would say probably around 500. Okay. But that's not to say that you can't have... 600 registered, but 500 who are attending any given week. Yeah, because they don't all go come at the same time. Correct. Got it. And everybody's yeah. schedule is different and mm -hmm. changes and all that. Is there a minimum, like two weeks? Or? Four weeks for four, us. Four weeks. And, and we often get asked why, mm -hmm. right? Um, for us, it's because, especially for new campers, it takes them a week or two to kind of get the schedule and figure it all out, right? And it probably takes another week or two to have those bonds, yeah. right? They're making those new friends. Right. And for the staff, too, like to, you know, to, mm -hmm. to you know, bond with the children and have the flow, right? Of, yeah. Of how Absolutely. So, you know, they know the kids and mm -hmm. it's not like a, an adjustment at all times, I guess, right? Right. Right. I mean, and, and, and the other thing parents ask, do you have any trips? Are your kids? Um, um, is I want my child on these prop on this property the whole day. I don't want them off, mm -hmm. right? And that's important. And then you'll have other families who are just like, "Do you go on any trips? I'd love for them to go on trips, okay. right?" Um, and I I think it's different for each camp. I mm -hmm. think that's based somewhat on your property. Can you handle all these campers, or do you need to send them off? Which also enriches your program a bit. But sometimes that's a philosophical question. Interesting. So what's your stance? For us, look, you, you know, um, we've, we, we became very much affiliated with another camp that since has closed that basically had two campuses and the boys would start at one camp and the boys, the girls would start at another and in midday they would switch mm -hmm. because the campus alone, each one of them couldn't handle everyone all at once. Mm. And they would go on day trips every day, different age groups, right? Yep. For us, our certainly our pre-K and K stay right where they are. We bring entertainment in, mm -hmm. right? There's, and that's another thing. Camps should do special things throughout the summer, whether it's carnival or the lizard guy, there's a plug, right? Or the magician that's coming in or color wash. Don't tell anybody that Ooh. we have it. It's always a surprise. But um, and and then it's like for us, we partner with a, a local archdiocese church that has school for every age mm -hmm. except high school now. But and we take for first through sixth grade a different age group over to St. Mary's once a week, just so they kind of get used to being able to go off camp. Mm -hmm. Right. We take a piece of spark and bring it there. We use their outdoor fields, their indoor gym, their stage and so forth. Mm -hmm. We have a teen program, seventh through tenth grade, that are off camp at least three or four times a week. Okay. Because they should be. Right. right? This is this is where that independence kind of comes from. And there is an aspirational arc. When you start getting into fourth, fifth, and sixth grade at by us, you can't wait to be in the teen program. Mm. And the teens have a little more, shall we say, freedom and flexibility in their program yeah. when they're on camp, right? Um, and they're also our little helper elves for some of the stuff that we do. And I can't give it away what they do for us, but 
it 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 makes everybody everybody else wonder where did that come from? Oh, oh yeah, I think you told yeah, yeah. you told me about this. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, what are the age group uh, ages starting at? Four pre K four years old. So yeah, okay. So past then, um, some camps where they're like two or three and they'll mm-hmm. have to be potty trained and stuff. So you're kind of just yep. saying four. That's okay. That makes yeah. sense. As soon as they're able to walk through Disney World, they can come to our <laughs> Okay, got it. <laughs> uh, and then up until what age? Entering 10th, 14 years old, okay. generally. Yeah. Great. Um, and then just, um, just have you had, well, I guess you'll see, right? You'll, maybe some campers that'll apply to come work for you in the, in the coming years, right? Yeah. Again, philosophically, because we, we've put into the program kind of a, a skip a year, uh-huh. right? So in that 11th grade, that would be the only way that I think we would entertain, but mm-hmm. they wouldn't be part of our quote unquote ratio. We'd have them shadow. Okay. And then in their senior year, they can come and, and work. Right. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Um, is it sparkdaycamp.com? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, Spark Day Camp on Instagram. Yep. Um, and also through Middletown um, Sports Complex, you can find right. information there. It's all under um, one roof, right? <laughs> under one roof. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun things happening this summer. Mm-hmm. So June 24th, you can register now. Um, and then also, like I mentioned, um, I do a, you know my best to make sure that all the activities that are happening at Middletown Sports Complex are on our website. Um, but they, you guys offer like really cool stuff throughout the summer. Like I mentioned, the um, the movie nights. You do all kinds of like fun things at the pool at night too. People Princess can come learn to and, skate yeah. throughout the year. Yeah, right. Ice skating in the summer. Yes. Um, so there's a lot happening there. So make sure to um, check the website and also check our site for all kinds of fun things happening um, if uh, at Spark Day Camp and, uh, and obviously at Middletown Sports Complex. Um, thank you so much for joining. This has been very informative. I love this. This is uh, hopefully moms will take some little tidbits mm-hmm. and apply it to their search this year and um, they'll join you at camp this summer. Um, coming up, we have our, actually our summer camp guide is coming out. Like It was supposed to be the first week of February, but it's going to be the second because I, it takes a long time to gather the assets from the camp from the camps. That's always why things are delayed because everyone's busy. So, um, so in the coming weeks, you'll see all the sum, the summer camp guide stuff coming out, so you can start um, researching and making your choices if you haven't already. Um, and then we have our Valentine's Day guide um, out right now. You can check out all the different restaurants in the area to dine with or sans children um, <laughs> and uh, activity ideas to make it a family day. Um, we also have, there's lots of local events, Valentine's Day, all kinds of vendor markets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you know, there's a lull in January, but then things start to pick back up and there's fun things happening. It's a stretch doing the weekend roundup on Thursdays in January. I'm like, I don't know what you guys can do, but I'll, I'm trying to come up with something. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot going on. I always put the ice skating, but yeah, there's not too much. Um, And then we are working on announcing our spring festival. I can't give you the date yet, but it is, we do... um, have the date solidified and um, the venue, which is will be back here at Bell Works. Um, so that's coming soon. Check back for that. We have lots of fun things planned. Um, we'll have Touch a Truck again. We mm. have all kinds of Mother's Day um, treats um, in store for you. So uh, check back with us soon, probably like closer to the end of Jan- uh, February. We'll have all of the information for you to register for that. So we're excited. And then again, our summit, which I keep telling you that I'm going to come back on the podcast 
often talk about. So we'll have that for you in February as well. But you can always check out our site. We have tickets um, now available to attend um, and a preview of all of our speakers, panelists and um, all the fun things for working moms that day. So as always, um, check for that and more on themammothmoms.com. And we hope that you can look to us for the best resources, uh, activities, events, and everything happening in Monmouth County this year. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate.